Welcome to Just Throw, a disc golf conversation with the Puttheads. Today we're going to talk about cold. What's up, disc golfers? This is Disc Golf Chris, joined by... Rodney. What's up? <laughs> so, after some technical roadblocks and a number of family events getting in the way and a packed semester of schooling, we are back with episode five of the Just Throw podcast. And it's great to be back. We, uh, we mentioned we were going to spread them out a little bit more, but that one was uh, spread out more than we meant to, so it's nice to be back. Uh, the first thing I want to mention is a shout out to Patrick McCormick, Mr. Zen Disc Golf himself, aka the Podfather, uh, who started this whole thing. He has just released his second book called Discs and Zen. I'm really excited for this. I'm glad he was able to get it out for Christmas, and uh, I, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm, I'm really excited. I have not had a chance to read it yet either, but uh, he assures us that it's pretty awesome. And he's a very trustworthy guy, so I believe it. We will be reading it very soon, and when we do, I'm sure we'll we'll uh, tell you listeners all about it. And I, if you haven't checked it out, I'd recommend it so you can tell us how awesome it is, and we'll be finding out for ourselves soon. That's right, and we do plan to have Patrick on the, the show here. As soon as we figure out the technical stuff behind that, I think it's pretty easy, but... We'll get there. We'll get there. I talked to him today. I asked. I had. Uh, I had. We Rodney and I just decided to uh, record the podcast. It was last night we were talking. We said, "Hey, we both have an open schedule. Let's, let's pod tomorrow." So I texted Patrick. I said, "Hey, if you want to record a quick segment," but he was working. He's firefighter out saving lives and doing some important stuff, and he wasn't able to. But we will do our best to get him on the show as soon as we can. So it's the holidays. And I think that means gift time for a lot of us, at least. And speaking of gifts, let me uh, present this. Check this out. I see a pink berg. A, a pink, pink berg. A pink berg. <laughs> uh, so this is a huge shout out to 616 Disc. Um, they fulfilled Chris's needs here. This is pretty pretty stinking awesome. Most of you know I've been looking for a pink berg for a while, so I finally got one. And uh, they also sent uh, this amazing... Looks like a Starburst uh, yellow U of M colored Rico. Uh, I'm that really excited about sweet. this. This is an amazing looking disc. So uh, huge shout out to these guys. Uh, they're Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they've got a disc store, but you have to check out their stainless steel bag tags. Um, use them as tournament trophies, gifts, whatever. But uh, they, they're really cool. And uh, you can get your whatever custom logo you'd like printed on them. Uh, huge thanks to Kevin for hooking us up. That is pretty awesome. I'm really excited to throw these, and I'm excited to try that uh, the Rico. Most of you know that I uh, I throw um, I throw the base plastic Ricos, the K3 Ricos, as my main putter. So it's going to be fun to try try a K1 Rico. Very excited. Yeah, this thing it it feels great. All cast of plastic, plastic just feels amazing. But uh, this one's great colors. So I'm going to try to get a live video on here for Instagram right now. I've never done a live video. That's how awesome I am. Oh, live video. Okay. Start live video. Hopefully I'm on the puttheads. <laughs> Checking connection. I want to show you, I want to show everybody this. Yeah. Okay. I'm live now. What's up, disc golfers? This is disc golf Chris from the DG puttheads. We're actually podcasting right now. Here's Rodney. What's up? Um, so 616 Discs just hooked us up with uh, Berg and Rico. Wanted to show you these cool things. Uh, here's my pink Rico I've been looking for for a long time. and uh, I'm sorry, pink Berg and uh, K1 <laughs> Rico. Uh, if you have not yet uh, thrown, if you haven't thrown Cast Plast yet, uh, go ahead and, and give them a try. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, Berg, I've got two Bergs in my bag. Uh, I've got a K3 Berg for the winter, and I throw Ricos all the time. Rodney, have you thrown the other Rico yet? I have. So this K1 Rico feels great. I wouldn't necessarily recommend this in the snow, just <laughs> just saying. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it feels great. Um, I really like the feeling of this. The The K1 Berg has some nice grip to it, despite being a uh, premium line plastic. And again, not the best plastic for winter, but because I don't expect that you're putting with this, this is actually a pretty solid disc in the winter as well. Plus, it's very winter-themed with Berg. 
Uh, let's see, I'm here for the chain bag asked, what does it compare to? Uh, I'd say it compares something like the uh, the scale, right? We had compared it to the, the scale. The Berg um, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, the Berg, uh, Berg is a very low glide disc and you can throw it with a lot of power and it's very slow. It'll hold the power or it'll, it'll handle the power, but it's, uh, it drops pretty quick. So you, it's, it's pretty safe. Um, let me see if I can show you the contour of it. It's got a really uh, a round, round blunt nose on the top. It kind of uh, caves in there. So especially for people with me, like me who have small hands, you can see it's uh, it's concave on the top. It's great grip. For um, sure, it's very overstable. Uh, I have a, a weaker arm than Chris, but so consistent. Those approaches just dive in there and you, you don't have to worry about overshooting. It's not gonna glide past, so it's a pretty awesome disc. So let's see, like Rhino, um, I haven't thrown a Rhino in years. I haven't, um, but I actually uh, was throwing one the other day um, I would say it's a lot more overstable than the Rhino, but it that Rhino, the Rhino drops. Um, and you're also asking about the breaker. I think the breaker, I can throw the breaker a lot further than the Berg. So to me, this is something good between the, basically you can have a full throw and throw it shorter than any other disc in your bag. So uh, just giving you an idea, a K1 Berg, I'll throw at just about full power and I almost never break 260. Uh, and Berg is one of the slowest discs on the market, so it's it's pretty it's pretty neat and useful. Uh, so real quick, I want to show you this is our uh, our podcasting room. It also doubles as Rodney's uh, music room. There's our our uh, mm -hmm. our little podcasting setup here at the table. That's so, right. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's all for now. Just uh, wanted to uh, give a quick shout out to Six One Six Discs. So thanks for hooking us up, and thank you all for uh, joining us. And hopefully, you're going to listen to the podcast tomorrow. And uh, DG Putthead signing out. Thanks for joining. Cool. Well, that was nice uh, to have some people participate <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, the the Berg, just a fantastic disc. I I think the the name of this disc segues perfectly into the topic it of does. today, right? <laughs> um, and actually, on the K three Berg, there's a there's a big uh, iceberg picture on the K three Berg, and it's, it's pretty cool. Looking. Right. So you just got here half hour or so ago what was the temp outside it was 10 degrees when i left my house it's nine degrees now nine degrees so and i think the whole country's going through this uh well, most of the country even uh parts of the country south of us we're, we're obviously in mid michigan south well south of us they're actually colder than we are which is weird yeah um, big old cold snap running through the u.s and even if you're down somewhere like texas i know it's not nearly as cold but it's still a lot colder than what you're used to i believe right which i i think Kind of explains all the weird looks I was getting uh, when I got home from work today and I was throwing discs in my yard. <laughs> um, maybe that's why people were slowing down and, and looking oddly at me. Or it could have been the shorts and sandals you were wearing. <laughs> I were, they weren't sandals. They were... I did have waterproof shoes on. They were uh, kitty slippers. <laughs> yeah, they were, yes, they were my, uh, my nighttime slippers. <laughs> no, uh, so for those of you who've seen us uh, on Instagram the past few years... You know that we play in the cold. Uh, we don't really let the weather be that much of an excuse. Obviously, that we have our limits, uh, but mostly it's our schedule and, and everything else. Honestly, one of the big reasons that we don't play in the cold much is because it takes so much longer to get ready than a slow drive out to the course and then a slow drive back. So it's actually the amount of time. I'll, I've played in five degree weather. I've played through yeah. freezing rain and hail storms. The round <laughs> itself actually takes a little longer. Yep. Um, you have to find the disc if there's snow on the ground. Uh, Speaking of which, you threw a uh, you had gotten a, a white prime truth that we were throwing. It's really in the neat. The it's got day. the Thor's hammer stamp on it. Uh, just throwing this out there. If it's snowing out, don't throw white discs. <laughs> it's out in Rodney's it's yard somewhere. somewhere in the yard. We'll find it when it melts. Um, but I think it's it's important to think even those parts of the country that are south of us and they're probably thinking that we're insane uh and we think you're crazy when you put your winter jacket on when it's 52 degrees <laughs> uh but I, I think you'll realize that the temperature change really does play with how your disc golf game goes it uh discs don't fly the same they don't putt the same and it just doesn't feel the same so, so even if you're not experiencing these 10 these these single digit temperatures that we are if 
the temperature you're experiencing now is 20, 30 degrees lower than what you're used to, that will have a significant impact on your game. So even if it's not as cold as us, you need to be prepared for this cold weather and understand how your discs and your game are affected. Sure. And that's, uh, that's kind of where we're here to help with our, well, I, I guess, vast experience. Um, <laughs> I think the, normally we introduce our topic and have some sort of metaphor to, to pull it all together with your everyday life, but uh, we can just talk in direct terms this time, Let's I think. Let's just ask a question. <laughs> Straight up, how do you adjust your everyday life for the cold? And then we'll maybe relate that a little bit to your disc golf game. Right. So the sandals, I put those away. <laughs> I, I good, did. Good, good. Uh, you know, I don't wear shorts outside very often, although... I do work out early in the morning and, and sometimes they look at me funny when it's 10 degrees and I'm walking in in shorts. But Are you sure it's not your workout form they're laughing at? Well, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> so for example, uh, when I, when I ask how you adjust your life in the cold, besides just sandals and you know, the, uh, the amount of disc golf we play, are you the type of person who shuts down in the winter? Uh, I know a lot of people who, when it gets cold and dark out, just won't even leave the house at all. Uh, they're the type of people that would rather be inside. Or are you the type of person like me who says, I don't care what it's going to take. I'm going to put in the uh, extra effort, even if it's crazy, and I'm going to go outside. Uh, so think about that in uh, your disc golf style. Um, do you stop playing disc golf entirely? Uh, or are you like us and you're crazy and you're going to say, I don't care what the effort is. We make it out there. We put on our boots, attach ribbons to our discs <laughs> in case they go under the snow. And we we understand that our performance will be impacted, uh, but we go out anyway. Right. Yeah, we, we go out knowing that the disc isn't going to fly as far. It's I'm not going to say it's not as fun, but it's, it's a different kind of fun. Part of the fun is knowing that, uh, well, no one's out there, but knowing that if anybody saw you, they'd think you were a lunatic you know, yeah. kind of thing. I, I get a sense of pride with disc golf or anything else. If Just because it's cold out, I, I get out there and go. I take a, <laughs> I take some amount of pride in my insanity. Sure. I'm, not, I'm not judging you if you don't get out in the cold. That's fine, too. There's some people that'll say, hey, I'd rather, I'd rather be inside and use my energy to the, mo to the maximum efficiency where I'm not going to spend time bundling up and going out. I'm going to use sure. every ounce of energy I have doing things inside, doing going somewhere where it's warm. That, that's so don't get me wrong. I'm we have, we have some ideas for, for everyone in that regard. Uh, I think it's okay to do that too. Sometimes I wonder uh, if we're actually hurting our game <laughs> to be out there, but it is really yeah. fun. Um, and actually uh, uh, shout out to all of our local players because I, I said no one's out there, but uh, our park's open, and there's always tracks in the snow there at the are. home course. Speaking of the home course, small segue, but oh, yeah. uh, we just saw the announcement that uh, the PDGA has selected uh, Birchfield here in uh, Holt, Michigan, for the 2018 Women's uh, Championship. Uh, so this this is a major coming to our area, so we're really excited to see that. And this is cool, because if you've been listening for a while, you, you've you probably heard us talk about some of the improvements that have been made at, our, at Birchfield, at our home course, and how we've been really excited about some of the things that they've done there. They've done some great things, and this explains why, and it's really neat to see all, all these improvements and seeing the improvements directly tying to a, a big major event coming up. So we're, right. we're excited. Really excited. So... A small segue there. Uh, you mentioned preparation. Let's talk about that. Yeah, not uh, preparation H. Not preparation H, although that might be necessary. Yeah, it might be. Um, it might be. <laughs> I don't think we get a paid advertisement from them. No, we don't. Oh. Uh, well, maybe we, we can reach out. Does anyone know anyone at Preparation H? <laughs> a, 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 disc, uh, a disc golf podcast sponsored by Preparation H. I'm not sure how that would work. Uh, we could come up with a commercial. Free samples? S free samples. That's right. Yeah, giveaway. Um, right. <laughs> so the, this cold weather, we know it's coming every year. In fact, this year it was a little later than normal. It, it, it was. It was kind of awesome. I, I know I played a round of golf in short sleeves on the last day of November. <laughs> That's right. We had a 70 degree day out there. So um, honestly, you know, we can talk about and complain about the cold, but it happens every year. Um, what do you do to, to prepare at home? The first thing I do every year is get my, my snowblower ready. Or at least I try. Sometimes I forget. But <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm being responsible, I get my snowblower ready because 
I have a long driveway and I live up on a hill. I have an easement. It's a, a dirt easement that we put gravel on and it doesn't do well in the winter when it freezes, cars can't get up. It's a pretty steep incline. So we get the snowblower ready to make sure it's working so that we can get in and out of right. our driveway. We prepare. Prepare, yeah. We pull it out, turn it on, gas it up. And then of course, you know, pull the battery out of the lawnmower and For me, it was, unhook I, the hose. I had to make sure it worked. Mine didn't, so I had to buy yeah. a new one uh, this year, but yeah. So preparing oh, yeah, that like just that, came, didn't it? It did. A couple um, days ago? It did, and I got to use it on that six-inch <laughs> snowfall that we had. Not as exciting as some of the other Christmas presents, but hey, hey you whatever. take what you can get. That's right. Not as exciting as this K, K1 pink bird. Oh, look at that thing. <laughs> so, yeah, they, I mean, we talk about uh, preparing for a household, but obviously we're preparing for disc golf, too. Uh, I always make I sure. So. Yeah. You know, I've talked to a couple people that don't, so this is... Uh, this is this is your notification. Prepare for the cold. It That's should be right. on you already, but <laughs> it should be. So, um, Chris definitely has uh, a set of discs that he kind of calls his winter discs, I and I, I think we'll get into what makes those your winter discs in a little bit. Uh, but I, I don't really have a set. I I change my putter. The other discs are just whatever flavor of the week. Um, but uh, and then make sure that your you know long underwear and everything fits still and uh it doesn't have holes in it make sure you've got uh hats and gloves and you remember where you stored them from the last season that i always kind of get thing. hand warmers right away i get hand yeah. warmers before the cold comes because you know when you when when you get busy we've talked about about getting busy before and how we're all ridiculously busy sometimes you have to pick up impromptu disc golf rounds just to get the <laughs> round in so i'd get my hand warmers early on in the season yeah i usually buy them uh they tend to go on sale right around opening day of hunting season so yeah that's where i, I would <laughs> try to get them at that time so beside the uh all the gear i'm preparing what about mentally do you do you prepare for the winter mentally so it, it does take some mental preparation because uh in the middle of winter here before the solstice at least uh and shortly after you're going to work and it's dark and you're coming home and it's dark you feel like you're in alaska I've never uh, been to Alaska, but I imagine that's how right. it would feel. Well, <laughs> it can this, get very, very uh, discouraging right. when it's dark. This time of constant. year, I think they get, what, two hours of actual sunlight. Oof, but um, Rough. Yeah, so it takes a little bit of mental uh, preparation there. What about you? Yeah, I, uh, I know that I'm going to be inside more often, and I'm not the type of person that does well when I'm cooped up inside. I was raised outdoors, not like a wolf child, but yeah. I was outside a lot. And I go stir crazy. And when it gets cold and dark like this, especially when you have kids, it's difficult to get out. You know, you can always find a way. We already talked about it. I'm determined not to let it stop me. But when it comes to being practical at some point, when you have little kids that are, you know, under 10 years old, they, it takes a lot to bundle them up. And sometimes you just can't get outside. And I have to sit down and tell myself, all right, Chris, winter's coming. I'm going to be inside. <laughs> right. I know that sounds crazy, but I go crazy when I don't prepare myself for the winter. Yeah, you know, the the first thing I did for preparation, by the way, is brought one of my baskets into my basement. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I've used it. <laughs> yes, you have. So, yeah, it's, it's nice to have that. And, uh, and I do that with disc golf, too. And I think that's important for those of us that actually do get out to the course. Reason One of the main reasons is that if you've been out in the cold, you know that your scores will suffer. Your game is not the same. You lose distance. If you're going out there expecting to be able to throw your monster drives and with pinpoint accuracy and keep your scores up, you're going to be disappointed. So I always prepare myself. I pick a couple of things that I'm going to work on over the winter. I might pick one or two goals. I might say, okay, I'm going to work on my distance in the cold, or I might work on my, I might work on my hyzer in the cold. Pick one goal that I work on, but most of the time I generally will say, okay, I'm going to decrease my expectations for a lot of my game with the understanding that I'm setting realistic goals. That, yeah, that's a good idea. I actually, uh, so snow, ice, all that, I tend to do a lot more standstill shots. And yes. I feel like that helps my form quite a bit. Uh, you can really concentrate on some specific things when you take the run up away. Uh, that's a very good point. So I like to do that. Plus it avoids uh, chance of slipping and falling and looking yeah, like a Yeah, you've got to work on your balance a lot. <laughs> yeah, so... We were talking about discs. What, to you, makes a disc a winter disc? 
a winter disc for me is any disc that's going to perform well in the cold and the snow. Basically any disc that I know will perform well in the cold and will be versatile, versatile enough to handle wind, rain, sleet, ice, snow, and gusts of wind. Sure. Kind of vague. Yeah, I get it. That, but that it's, is. So it's what about, actually hard to find those. Right. It is. So um, what about plastic? You have a specific plastic that you prefer? Yeah. And I actually, I, pre I pay more attention to the plastic than I do the actual disc mold. Uh, specifically, I need something that's going to grip. So we mentioned as excited as I, as excited as I am about the, uh, the K1 Berg. I've thrown a K1 Berg in the winter before, and I don't I don't like the K1 plastic in the winter because it gets hard and it's slippery. Mm -hmm. And even if I get have a dry day, I know that there's a chance that it's going to start snowing or raining any time. So I prefer to go to the K3 Berg. Uh, I K3 Berg's an amazing disc. Uh, K3 is an amazing winter plastic. It's grippy. It's soft enough that it'll get firm, and it's I can still throw it. Uh, so K3 is their base plastic. Uh, and I, I think that's the general consensus. Base plastic is actually better for the winter. Yes. Um, there are some plastics that perform well. So I normally putt with the classic hard judge. And yeah, right. uh, I got that out the other day when it was zero degrees. And it's, it's a brick. <laughs> it really is. It, you would not want this to hit you or your basket. Um, in fact, I don't think the chains would even accept it. Now, is it, does that one get a lot more overstable when it gets hard? Or does it uh, just lose glide? I think it loses glide, which tends to tip it over stable looking. Mm -hmm. But uh, I switched to the, usually, it depends on the temperature. If it's below 10 degrees, the classic soft actually is almost as firm as the classic hard in the summer. That was, classic soft judge was my first true winter putter. Yeah. I, was, I was going between a magic and a wizard, and then when it went to winter... When it got to winter, I went to a classic soft judge. It was yeah, it's phenomenal. A, it's a great disc overall. Um, other plastics, I know uh, DX from Innova seems to perform pretty well. I DX actually like uh, the Pro D from Discraft because it seems to be a little tackier and have a little more grip. It is. I, I think it's a little bit softer, so I, I usually prefer the uh, the DX in the summer. But Pro D is great in the winter because it firm, firm, firms, firmans, firmans, firm, firms up, <laughs> Furby's up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the reasons, just to toss out some stuff, uh, why premium plastic doesn't work so well in the snow, is it's actually difficult to wipe the the snow off from the disc. Uh, it leaves yeah. some water residue behind, and then it, over time it just it's wet and it, it's difficult. Uh, Oh, one more, uh, one more base plastic I want to mention is uh, the Terra plastic by Element Discs. Oh yeah. The reason I want to specifically mention that one is because it's a firmer base plastic, but it's got great grip. So it's almost like a BT hard um, from. Um, is that West Side? Mind blank. Um, is that West Side's? Uh, is that what you're thinking? Is that West Side Dagger? Dagger? Yeah. West. Latitude 64. Yeah. <laughs> Long day. I'm sorry. Long day. <laughs> um, it's, it feels like a BT uh, firm, except that it's it's uh, grippier. It's a little bit more okay. more coarse when you're on over it. So the thing that I really like about it is it's firm enough that when it gets cold, it firm it firm firmens up. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm sorry. The word of the day. Uh, it becomes more firm again, but <laughs> it's already a firm plastic, so it doesn't condense as much as some of the softer plastics, and it's still very manageable. Um, we were, we just we recently uh, reviewed the plutonium. Right. Uh, and we we have an iridium from last year, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that plastic is great in the winter, especially because it's so rough. Compare it to something That's right. like you the, used that last year as well. Yep, I, I pull the iridium out for the winter every year, so, and I think the plutonium will be another good winter putter. That's that's good. Actually, last year I putted a lot with the uh, reptilian serpent. That's right. That was um, a wonderful one, except for that was white. Except Aside for it's that, white. Yeah. Aside from you that, you know that has. Um, that plastic is very similar mm -hmm. to, uh, to the Terra plastic too. Yeah, so. I, I think so. I, I agree. So what about all part, all part of the faction? Yeah, that's right. The uh, the other thing to think about uh, these discs, the the flight changes as temperature drops, and uh, I haven't seen anything specific, but it um, it's what is it between five and ten feet per ten degree? It's almost yeah. a, a de degree equals a foot loss. So I mapped mine out about uh, so when I was playing at the MSU course. And I, I've mentioned before, the MSU course is on a wide open field. 
So I tried it in the middle of winter. I lived right next to the course and I mapped it out and I lose about five to 10, or I'm sorry, five to seven feet for every 10 degrees uh, temperature drop. So, yeah, and I, I think that depends on uh, initial initial launch speed versus mm -hmm. uh, you know how much the disc glide you're using yep. but uh probably depends on throw and type of plastic yeah. and all that but yeah and speaking of glide i switched to glidier discs um some of the the stuff that you would feel like you turn over in the summer they actually become a nice uh winter disc partially yeah. because i'm throwing from a standstill i can't turn over as uh, you know what uh what kind of glidey discs do you like what molds so the the thief from dynamic discs i i really like that that has a lot of glide um and it's a what is that a seven or an eight speed in that area and mm -hmm. um it it's consistent and um would, would you say it's stolen your heart it has stolen <laughs> my heart man and it's pink just yeah so uh, i say it's pink with excitement because uh you can find pink discs in the snow in the mud in the grass in the trees wherever uh, so pink is one of the best colors to find you know where i'd like to find a pink disc in the basket in the basket <laughs> I knew it. A good one <laughs> um so i like to throw uh, an xl we'd we so what was it we got a uh, an esp misprint pack from discraft in right. the middle of summer and uh we got uh which is a great deal by the way it is uh, it's pretty cool those are fun a lot of discs we got a lot of dis <laughs> we got a lot of discs this year what, would that cost like uh, 45 or so uh, on one of their sales but yeah it's something it, ridiculous check, check the discraft factory store it's a good deal <laughs> we have so many discs <laughs> um, so in that misprint we got a uh, an flx xl i had thrown xls in the past and i've always thrown them in the winter but this one it was it was fun to throw but we both realized xl we just we turned that over too much um, a lot of glide, but it turns too much. But in the winter, I've always used, uh, and I say always, and I've literally almost always had an XL. Um, we, that would, uh, we got another story about an XL. We'll tell you a little bit later. Um, so I've always used a, a basic plastic XL in the winter, grippy and um, glidey. But FLX is their kind of plastic. It's uh, yep. um, So I'm going to try that one out yeah. now. Uh, Dynamic Discs has the fluid, which is yeah. kind of your the similar idea it's a premium type plastic that's softer so i don't love them in the summer because they feel yeah. like a, a floppy elephant ear but uh in the winter they turn a little firm and throwable <laughs> yep and i i'm excited to see how that does now i, I know it's the flx isn't as uh, grippy but i think if i get a dry day that might be a really really good disc trout in the winter right so shoes uh, i think you generally wear boots just normal i wear boots, boots uh, big old goofy boots and so i did that last year by the way and i ripped <laughs> no, that's the, right. the toe <laughs> off of my boot so if you actually like your boots that you wear be careful because yeah uh, during a throw it just it just ripped off it was great you know that's a really good point because i have gone through a couple of uh, pair of boots when you your uh, your front foot you put so much torque on that when you're rotating that most boots are not made for they're that. not made for that yeah um i i haven't done this but i know some people like wool socks i actually wear uh waterproof hiking shoes and they work really well year round so tell us about your strategy <laughs> for the last what five years with your waterproof shoes oh my goodness so <laughs> for the last five years i buy gore-tex shoes and gore-tex has a lifetime warranty the problem i've had is every Gore-Tex shoe that I've ever bought wears out in about 10 months and starts leaking, which is stupid because I usually buy them in September, mm -hmm. which means right as we go into the time I really need it to be <laughs> waterproof. Uh, so yeah, uh, with the lifetime warranty, I take them back and just have to pay any upcharge and tax. But uh, So you've gotten new brand new Gore-Tex shoes yeah. for like the last five years in a row for and, maybe like five, ten dollars. Exactly. And still none of them have worked. So <laughs> the, uh, um, and I can't think of the name of them, but Latitude 64 actually has a disc golf, a waterproof disc golf oh, that's shoe. Right. That's right. So I'm thinking about trying those instead. Um, right now I have a, a pair of Keen um, hiking shoes. They're, they're a little heavier than I would like. Uh, and I think that's my problem with boots as well. But there have been times in those, uh, 10 12 14 inch snows that we've trudged through <laughs> that you just do what you can yeah so so oh, before we move on there's one more thing I, w I wanted to mention about the uh 
the discs. Oh, um, it, this was an important one because you know a lot of people don't think about this. Um, what happens when you throw a warm disc into the cold snow? Well, this seems like a science lesson. <laughs> uh, but that nice, toasty, warm disc melts the snow, right? It does. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then you pick up your disc, and hey, your disc is covered in ice now. So you, you right, pick it up. Because it refreezes. You, yep. Yeah. You, you expect to just brush the snow off, but then you get a whole bunch of ice on your disc. And let me tell you, when you when you try, if you get lazy and try to putt with that ice, it's <laughs> you, you get a lopsided wobble, a yeah, lame, that, lame duck throw. So you, I just wanted to point that out because that's another one of those things that a lot of people don't think about. You, it took me to, a couple of years to realize. You have to, to peel that out of there with your hand. But actually, the the best way to avoid that is to. Um, set your discs outside a few hours before you go play and yep. don't set them under the heater in the car or whatever uh, so that they're actually outdoor temperature by the time you get now, out there. I haven't experienced this myself, but I've been told by a couple people that if you take a warm disc out in the cold, it will contract and get, it'll get cold and contract too quickly and chance shattering. So yeah. it's good. It's, it's better to leave the discs out and slowly let them cool down. So I've heard that. I've never seen it happen. Uh, I've never actually in my 14 almost 15 years playing I've never shattered right. I've never broken a disc now I've never hit a basket in the cold but I've hit a lot of trees <laughs> yeah. at high speed and they never break uh, I think as they age they wear down and then they finally just snap but um, or you just lose them <laughs> or you just lose them that's that's more uh, <laughs> that's more that's my speed so um, I have here another product that I'm in the middle of reviewing these, and this is kind of the pre-review. Friction gloves. You may, may have seen or heard of these guys. Um, I thought they were only an Ultimate Disc product, but they actually have a disc golf uh, glove. And uh, I contacted them, and we chatted for a little bit. And these things, they're made for disc golf, and that's part of why I was throwing in my driveway in the... 10 degree weather this afternoon <laughs> but they actually throw really well uh, I was a little leery I don't like playing with gloves in fact even when it's five below uh, I put my hand in my pocket but then when it's time to throw it's a bare hand uh, yep. and you reach reach with the other hand grab the disc clean it <laughs> off throw so if this does a little bit to keep some of the elements out um, I think it'll be great I didn't have any trouble throwing. I won't be able to speak to durability of the glove or uh, anything, but I can tell you that it was close. Nothing's as good as your raw hand, but it's it's close to uh, being a, like a second skin. So, well, yeah, one thing that I liked about them is that they were they're they're tight fitting, as you ex would expect by something called friction glove. Right. But you see a lot of gloves that are kind of loose fitting, and that's one of the problems that you end up having is the loose fitting gloves don't they, they slip on your hand. Those right, those yeah, you are lose, pretty well form fitting. You lose contact with the disc a little bit. Um, I know you've in the really cold, you play with some fingerless gloves and that kind of stuff, and, yep. and that seems okay for you. Seems okay. The biggest problem I have with fingerless gloves are usually the. Uh, the, the palm bunches up on me and can get in the way of my grip. Mm -hmm. And of course, sometimes it's better than having to, you know, getting my hands all chapped and, right. and yeah, that's cracking awful. from the cold. But the the friction gloves, because they're fingered all the way, they, they don't get in the way like that. Yeah. So anyway, check the blog here in the coming weeks. I'll be really putting these through a better test than, than uh, just one um, one set of throwing in 20 minutes, but I'm really excited about this. Uh, the other thing that we use a lot of, you already mentioned, is hand warmers. Um, I don't have a particular brand I care about. They're cheap. I just pick them up. They're, they activate in the air, and I usually put one in a pocket, and in my offhand, I put one in that glove because your your fingers aren't moving. They get cold. Um, yep. I've In this super cold, I've actually used the uh, foot warmer liners that you place in the bottom of your shoe never tried those are those those comfortable Do they work they're not as uncomfortable as you would think mm -hmm. um and actually the best way to use them is uh put one under your toes and then one above your toes oh okay uh, kind of a, yeah. a heat envelope uh actually and that that works pretty well um another trick i've learned and this is great if you have to snow shovel or even snow blow or anything i didn't buy the snow blower with the heated handles but uh, <laughs> because of this actually um latex gloves Put oh, latex okay. gloves on first and then put your normal gloves over the top of that. And what that does is it kind of 
it keeps more heat and moisture in. And I'll tell you what, uh, it seems stupid, but I mean, I carry, uh, I constantly have three or four of those in every winter coat because you never know when me or, or someone else might need that. The it kids, makes sense. I've used it, it for the kids uh, and everything else. Plus, it, it's a little bit of a waterproof barrier so that snow doesn't yeah. penetrate as much. And then if you ever need an impromptu balloon, you're covered. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or whatever else, you know, if I need to do open heart surgery out there on the disc golf course. Hey, you're covered. I, I, you're covered. It'll be a now safe you, surgery. Now all you got to find is a doctor. <laughs> right, exactly. Why, wait, does he need open heart surgery? <laughs> I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> you're lost. Uh, the other, another thing that um, I know you wear, a, sometimes a, wear a neck warmer which is kind of mm. like a, a tube scarf. I don't know what else to call it. It's a tube that goes over yeah. your neck. Um, the, the best part about my neck warmer is it's from the 90s, and it looks like it's from the 90s. Yes, it's, it does. It's teal with purple stripes and black, and so it's really 90s right. color, 90s December. Right. <laughs> it look awful, we, but it works. Yeah, uh, it's not a fashion show out there. No. I wear, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's a balaclava. Oh, I thought you would put baklava on there. Oh, I, and like I was baklava. wondering why you were talking mm. about eating food on the coast. I do like baklava. No, a balaclava. balaclava. So this okay. is, uh, I have two of them, and one of them actually... I like to wear because it makes me feel like I'm a, you know, like the green arrow or something. Yeah. Like this cowl looking thing. Uh, the one I actually wear, I would, have you seen some of the NFL players in the cold? Yes. Um, they, they wear these under their helmet and you'd be surprised at how warm that keeps you. My recommendation on that is find one that that's actually form fitting because as you throw uh, something that's a little <laughs> loose actually twists and then you end up with only one eyeball looking out the hole. Yeah. That's uh, but that's, that's pretty useful. Uh, I've, I've tried wearing hoods. I wear hoodies a lot and I can't yeah, throw in chokes. hoods because you turn your head around and the hood just and falls in front of your vigorous face. violent motion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, those are, uh, I don't know. It's amazing how much keeping the heat in. I also recommend if you can grow a, a beard, um, yeah, I can't grow a beard. Oh, well, you could get a fake one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of talked about all that. Um, I have a, a trivia question for you, Chris, about playing in the snow. I'm terrible at trivia, but let's do this. Well, you tested me with science, uh, <laughs> which is kind of odd since I'm technically a computer scientist and you're a data scientist. And Anyway, uh, trivia. Uh, what happens if you throw an object a few hundred feet and it lands in some snow. It gets cold. It gets cold. Can no, you find it? Wrong answer. No. no, no, you can't find it. Can you? No. Well, no, usually it, it, it sinks. In snow. Yeah, usually it sinks. So it's like it's like a squirrel. That squirrel that's running across the snow right. and then dives in. Right you in. Can't see it. How how that how that squirrel disappear? I have no idea. Right. But it it actually it looks pretty cool. It does. Uh, the squirrel. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, the, it looks amazing when the disc lands in the snow. The problem is you get up there and you think you know where it landed and you can't find it. You know, you see this disc that's, I mean, how, how big is a disc? 20, 22 centimeters across. And you think, hey, no problem. It's going to leave a big old hole. Well, guess what? It doesn't land flat. It doesn't it land. It doesn't leave a 22 centimeter right. hole. It goes in on its side and most discs are are what one two centimeters thick at most right well the drivers that you're throwing the longer distance so they yeah, actually those are even thinner. They, they knife in under and it's a little mini avalanche and you get up there and you actually it's difficult to find it so <laughs> um one tactic i've heard of have not tried is uh some people putting kool-aid they bring packets of kool-aid and they rub it on the disc and then uh, they throw it and that it leaves this uh you know whatever flavor streamer in the snow um <laughs> I, I don't know. To me, I don't want to be playing disc golf and someone thinks I pulled the fire alarm. Yeah, <laughs> and aside from me trying to eat the discs, I think I would be worried about a big sticky mess. I've heard some people say, well, you wear gloves or you only put it on part of the disc. Right. Okay, that's cool. I, I you think go it, ahead and try it. I, I just think it works. It's, um, it's a little messy. Uh, but there are there are some advantages. You're you're really only adding a, you know, a little bit of air friction. There's, yep. there's not a lot of... Modification I think that to is the one disc. of the biggest advantages is that it doesn't change the flight path. Right. So some some purists uh, are all about that. The problem I have is the weather changes the flight path enough for me for it to not matter. So um, we've used ribbons with duct tape. So we I don't know what were those. What do we generally do? A two to three foot long ribbon. Yes. Um, uh, depending on how long the snow is, you can get away with a shorter one. But keeping in mind, the disc rarely goes straight down. So if you have six inches of snow, 
you think, okay, I'll put an eight-inch ribbon. Well, keep in mind the disc is going to slide in, and if when you got a really fast disc, it's going to slide in right. pretty far. So uh, we found that a, I think a three-foot ribbon might be getting that's the best, but it affects the flight more. So we usually yeah. two to two and a half-foot ribbon. Get and you honestly, it's kind of funny. I I'm probably not good enough to make this uh, statement, <laughs> but I don't feel like it affects the flight a ton i know it does you've got tape on the bottom you've added weight it's not pdga legal blah 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 yeah we're out there for fun uh so for the me, ribbon is a really good idea for me it it affects the flight but by the by the time we're using ribbons it's usually 15 degrees out anyway so my the my throws are so poor to begin with right that the that the extra disadvantage from the ribbon isn't that much worse and it beats losing my disc right so uh, one thing you do got to watch out for is toward the end of the round, the the tape can the duct tape can start coming off if it gets wet or cold. And there were a couple of ribbons that we lost. I don't think we ever lost a disc, but right. we got close. So if you yeah, um, I recommend taping them after they're cold but before they're wet. Yeah, um, and use a lot of tape because otherwise the uh, the plastic contracts in the cold and then it actually makes the tape plop off but yeah. uh i remember last year we were leaving the course and some guys were out there for the first time uh at that course and uh we That's said right. do you have ribbons no why do we need ribbons <laughs> come on over we'll you're, hook you up you're gonna need them uh, these guys pulled up to the course and there's only there's only about four maybe five inches of snow at the front but what they didn't realize is that in the back in the park the snow got up to 12 13 inches in some areas right and you just could not find your discs couldn't, couldn't find it yeah so the ribbons really work well uh speaking of that deep snow um to me after a, a round it really i can feel it the the next day especially my yeah, feet yeah that frostbite is killer oh yeah well you should wear clothes <laughs> um but my feet my hips always hurt a little you're lifting your legs higher yep. you're you're moving snow especially um, as the snow gets wet and sticky yep and your calves kind of get a workout so that's normal be prepared for that and also probably expect that at the end of your round you're gonna start to feel the fatigue yeah no i usually wear jeans i i know a lot of people say you know scoff at somebody like me who wears jeans but you know what that's what i'm comfortable in it doesn't affect my motion the problem is when you go through that snow jeans are heavier and they're harder to move in so it makes you more tired rodney i think you wear uh athletic i, pants, I usually wear like some that. sweatpants or something um they don't catch the snow as much uh the polyester material kind of yeah. deflects it a little but uh yeah i usually wear those so i think it's w whatever keeps you warm if you come out there with flannel lined overalls i don't care because you're out there and that's awesome so yep. the other thing that we forgot to mention though is uh have some extra towels in your bag and extra in your car and bring some extra socks so that you can <laughs> yeah. change before you go home if if your feet got wet uh you know really be prepared because you don't want to you know catch a cold yeah i feel like my, <laughs> i feel like my grandma you're gonna that's catch right. a cold we got plenty of vicks at home to rub on our feet <laughs> nice <laughs> uh so what about uh i've i've played some fun shots in the winter using the ice to my advantage in fact i posted one of them on instagram last year we're gonna have to link to that because that is pretty awesome yeah uh so i was in the woods basically in in the summer where i was it was jail it was just a you know a pitch out and and take your medicine but uh here i was looking at the angles and and the fact that there was a little ice slope and I flipped the disc upside down and actually skipped it off of its flight plate and hit the basket. It didn't go in, but it was fun. It's an awesome video, and I watch it over and over again, each time hoping the disc goes in. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it, was, it was a good, what, 20, 30 feet away, easily? Uh, actually, yeah, where it was, it was probably about 50. 50 um, feet away. And, skips uh, it right off, upside down disc, skips it right off the ice and up onto the up, up into the basket. It's, it's an awesome but, shot. But uh, aside from weird stuff like that, you can also... Uh, you have to think about the landing zone, just like any other disc golf round, right? So yeah. um, you may not know the first time you play a course in the snow, what spots get a little icier, what wears the snow thick, thin. But think about uh, even the disc that you're throwing. Is it going to come down on a super overstable hyzer angle and knife in, or is it going to glide, turn, and actually have a chance of uh, skidding and sliding for a while? There was, uh, I think it was two years ago, we played at Birchfield, and it was completely covered in ice, literally covered. We had yeah. 
we had had uh, some snow that melted and then freezing rain. And so this was literally a sheet of ice across the entire course. And we were we were throwing discs about halfway down the fairway, and they would slide the rest right. of the way. Right. If you yeah, if you got it at the right angle, the the best part about that is uh, there's the a couple holes that you throw up a tubing hill or sledding hill, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's so fun because if you don't make it, that disc comes <laughs> zooming right back at you, and it's yeah. Usually, I end up laughing. But I, even if the course isn't completely covered in ice. Uh, when you're playing in the winter, that's something that you really got to consider is the landing zone and is there ice at the end or is it snow? If it's snow, there's a good chance your disc is going to stop. So you want to throw it harder and let the disc come down and just knife into the snow. If there's ice, then be prepared for it to slide. Or if it's just really, really cold ground, be prepared for a hard skip or something like that or even a roll away. It's guaranteed it's going to be different than in the summer. So whether whatever the conditions are, think about the landing right so just a couple other bullet points for you uh in preparing for this uh we get some gusty winds so uh that's part of the reason why we over gear a little bit uh sometimes things get wet obviously snow is frozen water another science lesson <laughs> uh daylight and uh the, the sun drops earlier so sometimes those the angle of the sun especially off that glossy snow it, it can be pretty bright so uh it can be very bright and if you're playing the whole round like that if you're it, squinting the whole time you can yeah, start getting headaches i wear i wear sunglasses a lot but uh what about folks that maybe aren't comfortable being idiots out in the snow <laughs> uh, uh let's think about some ways that they can use their time because after all if if uh, your opponent's out there working in the winter uh, and you're not, you're losing ground, right? That's very true. And if if you, but on the flip side, if you're out there throwing, you're going to get ahead of somebody who's not. Or if you're using your time, even if you're not out there throwing, you can still be practicing. You can still sure. be doing something disc golf related and still be working on your game. So how how many uh, people can make every putt from twenty feet? Not many. Not many. And how Even many? Even most of the pros don't make all of them. Right. You know, 99 percent. And how many of us have a space? Maybe garage, basement, living room, bedroom. Mm -hmm. A lot of us do. Uh, roof? To, no, don't don't, don't put no, on your no, roof, no, please. No. That's a bad idea. No. Uh, yeah. Don't disturb the reindeer. <laughs> the uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Fifteen to twenty foot putt. Uh, honestly, even 10 to 15 foot putts that should be gimmies, you should be able to make those 100% of the time, and we don't, so we can practice those. And even if you don't have an inside space, if you can handle 20 degree weather for 10 minutes, go out and, the, go out and putt for 10 minutes, it'll make a huge difference. Yeah. Consider the people you play against, and there's a good chance that they're not out there for 20 minutes, right. 10, 20 minutes putting. Yep. That'll give you a big advantage. What about uh, some other maybe non-disc golf things? Uh, I, I know so, you and I have ramped up our um, strength training. We have. Now, I know a lot of people don't care about physical training for disc golf. It's considered a leisure activity, a fun game. But you know what? If you are serious about it, or if you have a passion about disc golf, training makes a huge difference. It's like any other sport. I mean... It does. Uh, yeah, it's it's huge. Uh, cardio matters if you're playing 36 holes yeah. in a tournament you you need that by the end of it um even the throwing motion you think you're you're throwing what 170 some gram disc it's not very heavy right but you do that repeatedly and it wears your body out your back gets tired your legs it right it's a lot of torque so you want to work on things uh we've talked about yoga in the past um great winter is a great time for core training because you're not out doing a lot of other things Most, core training yeah, there's some of us crazy ones who you know there's some of us play hockey some of us go ski and what whatnot um but there's a lot fewer outside activities so you might be inside and can spend more time on yoga training your core which training your core makes a big difference that can yeah, prevent core, so many injuries balance um and flexibility all things that are uh, I'd, I'd argue that those are probably more beneficial to disc golf than weight training, but they are. Uh, I lift a lot of weights, and I will tell you firsthand, the distance I throw is absolutely not correlated to the amount I can lift. I I have lifted on and off for the last 10, 15 years, uh, probably probably 15 years, and I can tell you there have been times where I've gotten uh, where I've gotten very strong, times where I've gotten very weak after injuries never never once saw a correlation between distance i can throw right yeah it's all about uh 
to me, rhythm and flexibility and it balance. Is. So, uh, yeah, you can work on that. Um, think about ways that you can, and maybe we'll talk about some, uh, training exercise type stuff, but honestly, yeah. general fitness is the first thing. Uh, you don't need to specify a, you know, something specifically for your disc golf, um, just general fitness, make sure you know you're working both sides. You want some motivation, go check out big daddy disc golf, Dave Tucker. I've, I've given him a shout out before, but you know, I, I like giving them shout outs because they're doing really cool things. They're extremely motivational. Get on their Facebook page and there's so much positivity. So go check them out. If you need some, uh, need some motivation to, to do some fitness and sure get healthy that's awesome so we're i think we're probably running a little longer than normal yeah um, we probably are oh last thing uh if you don't want to get out in the cold and you don't want to do physical training you can always research study your form and that's one of the most important things that i think a lot of disc golfers don't do even listening to the podcast makes you know hopefully helps you start thinking about something but get out there and watch some videos of pros throwing or just people that's a, that are that's good that's a great idea yeah and read about read about your form try to do some research and study how you can get better and even if you're not doing it physically at least you can get some idea of where to where to practice next maybe read discs and zen to improve your <gasps> mental game discs and zen is a great idea yeah good mental exercise so and uh, yeah we already re reviewed the berg uh did you want mm -hmm. to talk about the plutonium a little more yeah, real quick I, I'll, I'll mention a couple of things i've i already wrote a uh, a review on the blog about it so you can go and read all the details there but one of the things that i really liked about it is, so th this is a little bit unique because it's a faster putter i think it's a three speed but it's a lower glide with maybe a two or three glide and interestingly enough it th it throws like a judge does for me might be different for other people, but the, the judge is a little bit slower and more glidey, but the end result was the same. I think the judge, you can work your shots a little bit more, but the plutonium was great because with a lower glide, it was I could control it a little bit better. Nice. And it's really neat. It's a round nose, so it fits my, fits my hand great. Feels beefy, but it's not actually a high-profile disc. And it's uh, I've already mentioned I like the plastic, but this is it's a fast disc with moderate glide, so it's controllable and it's very versatile. I, I think a lot of people will enjoy it. It's also got that thumb track. I, I know some people right. like it, some people don't. I like the thumb track. It's, it's fun. I think it's cool, but um, it's it's a. I think it's a great all around putter, and I think it would hold advantages for uh, beginners trying to learn new shots. And I think it would be a good, uh, a great all around disc for uh, more advanced players as well. Yeah. And I do have a, uh, a uranium that I, I I'm hoping to test out soon. I threw it once and it was really cool, but then the snow came and I became a wimp and I didn't go out. And I didn't it's, want to lose it. It's <laughs> tough to give a disc a true test in, in the is, snow. So it's a great overstable mid range so far. And we'll, we'll get, we'll get more information out about that soon. Right. So one last thing, I just got this package today from infinite discs. Um, maybe you don't know, but we are subscribed to the uh, VIP uh, club that Infinite Discs has. And I think this one says 400 worldwide. So they're, they only, it's a limited club. Very limited edition. Um, these are RPM discs out of New Zealand, which uh, we'll be reviewing soon anyway. But uh, this is the PA1, which I think is the TUI, 2E like that so I, I, I won't i'm not gonna try to pronounce not gonna, it not, I, I, I can't even say i can't even say firm maybe, so. maybe that's not it but uh anyway so tell me what what do i smell over there you smell peppermint uh these discs <laughs> are very festive um on one very, of them pepperminty we have a i think it's an elk he's wearing a suit and he has a cup of steaming beverage and he's outdoors it looks like there's marshmallows so i'm gonna take a guess that it's hot cocoa but Yes. Don't really know for sure. I mean, it's, it's what, really what, what awesome artwork. Drink? I mean, I, I don't know. Do elks drink hot cocoa? Because if they do, then that's probably hot cocoa. It's probably, yeah. So this is really cool artwork. The other one has um, the female elk, perhaps, that uh, she has baked us some fine gingerbread cookies. And uh, this is these are really neat discs. Um, just want to they're give cool. them a they're, shout out. The, the stamps sound kind of goofy when we're when we're yeah, describing uh, them. Yeah, we'll put a picture in there. They're actually it, pretty cool. It's I, really neat. I, um, I the whole VIP club has been cool. Yeah. Uh, you get some side stuff as well, but really you're getting a an awesome. Uh, usually it's a new disc that you probably haven't thrown, and it has an amazing stamp. So yep. check that out. We'll link link to that. Um, well, I don't want to hold anybody up from all the holiday cheer. 
we know you're going to be out throwing in the cold, so we'll let you get out there. But a uh, real quick shout out again to Patrick uh, and uh, Discs and Zen. Go check that out. Thank you, 616 Discs, for hooking us up with the Berg and the Rico. Uh, we're very excited to yeah, throw check those. Check them out. Have a fantastic and, holiday season. And then, uh, oh, the last one is uh, Metro Darts contacted us, and we're going right. to we, check them out pretty soon. We're going to talk with uh, the owner there, and I believe might result in some uh, contests and, and such. So uh, yeah. let, we'll talk to him and, uh, yeah, have a fantastic holiday season. And don't forget, just, just throw. Welcome to the Just Throw After Show with the DG Puttheads, Chris and Rodney. You, well, you're probably not just tuning in now, so I probably don't need to tell you hey, who we are. But <laughs> Just in case. I just like saying my own name because, oh. you know, what else do I get to say? So let me set this story up for you. <laughs> it's uh, five degrees outside. It is 7 a.m. It has snowed a lot. And, and it's probably about 10 to 15 mile an hour winds right now. It's pretty windy. It's going to, it's going to be to windier. It's going to be cold. So naturally, uh, you, me, and a couple other friends, we're driving to the disc golf course. Uh, we're, we're ready. Completely and expecting an empty park. Empty course. So we get there and the parking lot is full. <laughs> um, like what on earth? How is this parking lot full? So... I'm trying to find a parking spot. And keep in mind, this is Saturday morning at like 7 a.m. Which, yeah, in the middle of summer on a perfect day is not... There, there might be two cars there. Um, Usually the park workers. Yeah. So, and it's cold. It's cold. Anyway, I'm trying to find a parking spot. And you guys are I, gawking out the window, <laughs> for lack of a better word. And I, I didn't know what was going on. So, we park. We get out. I don't know what were there, uh, 200 people maybe? Yeah, easily. Uh, 200 people out in our uh, practice area. That's this. There's a softball field, uh, kind of there's a practice basket. And we say our practice area like it's ours. And we're yeah, like the discoverers <laughs> own it. So, uh, you know, fully expecting to be able to warm up. And I am trying to figure out what's going on. There are people running around, um, lots of balls in the air and and uh they're running around and they're hitting each other and and they're not running you not, normally they're running they're, kind of they're waddling and I, you look closer they're riding brooms right they were playing quidditch so they were playing quidditch and this might be the weirdest disc golf story i i've ever told but uh you know i've seen quidditch matches before i had heard about them i hadn't seen I, them yeah before. i'd heard about them so we're watching this and i'm I'm freezing because I'm standing still and they're running around and I want to be playing disc golf, but I was in awe because it actually, uh, I got to tell you, it actually looks fun. It does. And they were, they were passionate. They were. And, uh, so I don't know, I, I guess the best way to describe it, if you haven't seen the, uh, Harry Potter movie, obviously we can't fly on our broomsticks yet. Uh, I say yet. Um, but yeah, they're out there. They're. It's, I hear it's Google's like, making a self, a self flying broom. Oh, I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> the broomba. <laughs> it's the. Uh, I don't know. They're tackling each other. It's it. There's multiple basket or goals or hoops or whatever you want to call no. them. It's like, it's like the mismatch of basketball, soccer, and rough field hockey uh, yeah I, I don't know how to what to call it it's and it, it looked like a lot of fun the only thing i wouldn't like is actually having to keep the stick between my legs because that i just feel like that'd be frustrating i'd worry but, about tackling someone and getting <laughs> impaled <yeah>. myself but <laughs> that too but other than that this game looked fun um so the other thing i found was really interesting is these were collegiate teams yes this was a midwestern tournament where I think they had a team from Ohio State, uh, Michigan State, U of M, and I think, well, I think uh, Western Cent Michigan, Central or Western. Central. Yeah, there so were there, teams there. There were probably about six different teams it was, there. It was this really was actually neat. Like a, a Midwestern Quidditch tournament collegiate, and so it's uh, there's a lot more organization than I had any idea. Yeah, no, it was really neat. Uh, so I don't know. I guess check your local listings. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. So I, I wonder why. 
um, bring up that earlier in the, in the pod, we were talking about uh, the XL. I, I won't make this a really long one, but the Discraft XL, I said there was a story. So was it last year? Rodney sends me a picture of a Discraft XL and says, uh, you recognize this? I send him a message back saying, no, should I? Flips it over, my name's on the back. And I'm absolutely dumbfounded. This was a disc that I had lost 10 years prior. <laughs> I had lost it in, I think I had lost it in Kalamazoo. And I'll let you go ahead and explain it from your side because it's right. even funnier so, that way. Yeah, the amazing thing was a, a co-worker of mine who, uh, who's been playing for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, a, a lot. Shout out to Kurt if you happen to be listening. Uh, <laughs> he, he brought these in and he was handing them out to some, some newbies some guys that hadn't played before and he's just handing him discs and he tosses them around and he happened to toss me one of them and it was this XL and I thought he knew I, I, I thought he knew that it was uh, you know you and I thought he was playing a joke and I, I said oh my <laughs> goodness how'd you get this well I don't know I found it in a swamp somewhere or something like you know this is my brother-in-law right <laughs> <laughs> he says what no way so uh, yeah that was amazing I actually have a I think I have that picture, so I'll try to attach it. I still have the disc back at home. So we, of course, being the nerds we are, we uh, we started trying to figure out what sort of a probability that he actually <laughs> threw that to Rodney. So the first thing you got to consider is I lost that disc 10 years prior before I even knew Rodney. Right. And I lost it in Kalamazoo. And Kurt has hundreds of discs. Yep. Right? So the the odds that he picks that one to yep. bring in. And he had found it somewhere closer to Grand Rapids or something. Yeah. Or somewhere north of there yeah. that was like a ha- at least a half hour away. I forget what so course. So he found it on a course that I didn't lose it on that I'd never played. Of all the discs that he had, that was one that he brought in. And he f- started handing them out to people. By the time he got to Rodney, I think you said he had two discs in his hand. Yeah. So even then, there was a 50-50 <laughs> chance that he would have handed you the right disc. Had he not handed that disc to you, he would have handed it to somebody else, and we never would have we known. We would have never known. And So, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, it, no, that know. one was nuts. So, uh, yeah, actually, in place of that, you offered a uh, an Elite Z XL yep. that uh, someone and this was a Pro D XL that you're trading an yeah. amazing Elite Z. He, he uh, was giving these discs to uh, guys who had never played before, new new guys, and I I'd feel bad, you know, taking right. one of those. So I sent him off with a uh, I sent back a an Elite Elite Z XL yep. to say thank you and at so least give somebody. Just, a, I, I don't know if I finished that story to you, but uh, I was in the round with the guy that they actually had that Elite mm-hmm. Z XL Don, which you've played before. You played yeah, yeah. with Don before. Um, What's up, Don? So Don. Um, went ahead and threw that first throw that he threw it into the water. <laughs> um, and now somebody else is going to find it. Ten years later, so, they're going to bring it back to you. Yes, ten years later, we'll have the So if you found a blue, yellow, and green-ish tie-dyed XL in the water <laughs> with uh, with Chris's name on it, me. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, give him a call. He'll trade you. I'll trade you for an elite, for a, a ESP XL. There you go. <laughs> a brand new one. Awesome. No, those are good stories. Yeah, kind of, kind of fun. I, it's it feels like holiday story time. Um, we we did our holiday gift guide. I don't know if yeah, uh, if that's been used, but I had fun thinking about. I, I knew some of our favorite manufacturers and uh, mm-hmm. disc stores would do a gift guide, but I wanted to give kind of a uh, a different view on that. Yeah. So. so if you know somebody who needs some disc golf uh, gifts, or if you need to give recommendations to somebody to buy for you and you don't already have uh, discs and Zen, then uh, check out our holiday gift guide. Yeah. And what we did, we provided Amazon links for all of this, uh, which obviously gives us a little bit of a kickback. Yep. It's twofold. We, you know, we, we get a small commission off of it and we greatly appreciate any of that because, you know, we don't have any income. We're just, we just do this for fun and hope well, that you we have income, but the, the podcast well, right. doesn't, and the, the blog certainly doesn't. So uh, anyone that buys something after clicking through those links that helps support our, our blog and podcast. For sure, but yes. But hopefully it also gives you a place where you can easily shop because it's it, sometimes it's hard to find the find what you need going through a number of different stores. Well, and I, I was thinking of, okay, if, if I give this article over to my grandma and she's going to shop on Amazon... Uh, she knows how to shop on Amazon, but she doesn't know how to shop on, say, Dynamic Disc. Yeah. So she has to make a new account, give them their credit card, and all this stuff. Amazon, she already has the account. It's there. It's ready. It's in the yep. cart. It's 
two days good, shipped. Good idea. That, so to me, uh, that, that was a no-brainer. Uh, there are a couple alternate links for some stuff, but yep. yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, we probably won't be able to pod uh, again until after the holidays, but uh, I think we'll be, well, you and I will be together for the holidays. We'll try to do something uh, before, hopefully before you get back to school, which starts when? Yep, hopefully. I think it's January, second week of January. Okay. Um, getting back in, and uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm working on a master's in data science, so it's kind of busy. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't he's know busy all the this. time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and beyond that, you're having to learn programming languages. Yeah. And, uh, Luckily, Rodney's there to help me get through the Java assignments that I don't know how to do. <laughs> right. So those are good. So we'll we'll try to record again before that starts, and we might not release it uh, until mid-January, but uh, that way that gives ahead of the game a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, we've got... Winter uh, Disc Golf Series on the blog right now, so... Come yeah. check that out. We we talked a lot about cold weather disc golfing, but uh, this will give you some more some more pointers on different areas, such as different plastics, different discs. We what we talk about uh, loss of distance in the last one. Yeah, uh, and I'm working on a putting article actually, yeah, and then yeah, I'll yeah. I'll also be working on the uh, the official review of the friction gloves, and uh, we have a lot of good plans just because we do play a lot of disc golf because in the we winter. do disc golf that's what we do it's what we do uh yeah i think that's about it well thanks for sticking with us we appreciate all your support and all the listeners out there so you know get out there and throw through the cold and do what you can or stay inside and do some research on how you can get better uh do some training whatever you got to do but you know keep thinking disc golf and most importantly just, just throw, throw.